being able to work on a product, uh, work with very smart people, work on a product and a solution that you know and you can see that a lot of providers use and then helps them in their daily lives, helps them take care of patients, is just remarkable. That's Mert Uz, one of our amazing healthcare cloud experts here at Nuance. He helped launch Dragon Medical One 10 years ago. And this is Jane Cardoso, our super talented director of product for Dragon Medical One today. I had the chance to do a site visit to Concord Hospital, and I was personally struck how every computer monitor had our Dragon Bar, and every station had a power mic at this particular hospital. And at one point, I witnessed six ER providers sitting side by side, literally all holding power mics. I'm Karen Tiano, and this is To Good Healthcare. In this podcast, I take you behind the scenes of our healthcare business and introduce you to the most fascinating people here at Nuance. We talk about the most provocative ideas and technologies that are leading to better health outcomes for patients everywhere. Today, honoring the history of Dragon Medical One and charting its course for future chapters. Let's start with how Dragon Medical came to be. Mert, thank you for being here. Thanks, Karen, for having me. Um, and I'll answer this on behalf of a very large team. So just because I'm answering doesn't mean, you know, <laughs> I want the credit for it. Uh, there was a huge team uh, in multiple countries who uh, contributed to this. So um, so it's going to go back to like 2010. Uh, and then multiple things were occurring. In 2009, I believe, there was an American Recovery and Reinvestment Act era. There was this huge uh, stimulus package and that, was, that was passed, and it ha- had a component called high-tech. And this component actually gave multiple billions of dollars, I think short of $20 billion to doctors, uh, to hospitals, to clinics, etc., for them to start using electronic health records. The idea was that electronic health records or EHRs would uh, definitely improve overall care for the patients, uh, make coordination easier, also provide savings uh, by uh, eliminating some redundant labs and orders, etc., but also overall improve uh, patient care. So EHRs were in a very bad situation at that time, if I may say so. And all the doctors, all the hospitals were suffering from this. And that's where Dragon came in. So Dragon, you know, before DMO, obviously there was still Dragon, Dragon Medical Network Edition and Dragon Medical Practice Edition. These were great products and they had huge traction in the market. So they, they really took off and it was great. We were solving a problem for the providers. EHRs were happy because uh, and the hospitals were happy. They were able to use the EHRs and also tap into the stimulus money. But also, I mean, because they were being used and there were these meaningful use requirements, actually, the, the, we were also seeing results. Good, good, good. So you were seeing results. So that's great, right? That was great. What happened then, though, is the hospitals, as they were adopting EHRs, they realized that so electronic health records were very difficult to maintain and upkeep. So they started using these things called virtualization environments, which we know by now, but at that time it was fairly new. Uh, they really took off in the healthcare environment, uh, like Citrix and VMware, Windows terminal services, etc. They took off. What problem then did our company run into? Dragon, so the de- desktop Dragon Network Edition and Practice Edition was not designed for these environments. So we had this huge pool from the market that they wanted to use Dragon uh, to be able to deploy the product in a meaningful way and running uh, into all kinds of issues. Practice edition or uh, network edition would be like several gigabytes of install uh, on each desktop. You know, the company had this great product that was providing a solution for the end users, but we were not able to deploy it properly. That's when 
uh, actually the whole uh, push to the cloud started. And with this push to the cloud, I imagine you could sell the solution fairly quickly. Now, once you put the technology into the cloud, were you also able to address the mobile platform? So we were also able to do that in, a, in short order. So our uh, industry profile changed significantly at that time. Wow, that is so interesting and, and quite a history. So I'd like to fast forward to today. And Jane, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Karen. Today, Dragon is continuously earning best-in-class accolades. Black Book, it's trusted by 77% of U.S. hospitals. So what do you think makes us as commercially successful as we are today? So yeah, the success of DMO is so impressive. And I'd, I'd also add that DMO just hit an all-time class high score of 92 in the recent month. So it continues. I've only, I've been at Nuance for six months and um, it's humbling. Uh, it's really just a privilege, right? To, to be part of such an impactful product and inc incredible team. And there are so many factors contributing. We could do a whole podcast to why DMO is successful, but the, the one that really stands out and Mert uh, attested to it earlier is that DMO solves a clear pain for providers. As they say, the problem solution fit is exact, especially after the pandemic, right? So Medscape's recent physician burnout study showed that 61% of physicians are often experiencing burnout, fatigue, and even depression. And that three out of five attribute that to too many bureaucratic tasks in their days. And so we all know DMO is really hitting a nerve, as Mert said. And I just wanted to share a quick quote from one of our class surveys from a physician. I think it really, really speaks volumes. He or she says, I hate documenting. It's the worst part of my job. The notes process takes two hours a day. And having that process automated generates much happiness. Nuance saw the biggest problem in healthcare for providers, and that is why they get high marks. I would buy anything Nuance made. So I think that really speaks volumes. I would also, of course, um, everywhere we go, we hear it's a beloved product, and there are so many teams driving that and underpinning that success. We hear <clears throat> that it's intuitive, it's easy to learn. On the technology side, it recognizes fast speakers and all accents. It integrates well with EMRs. We also are seeing a lot of comments about the phenomenal relationships with customer success executives, um, the responsiveness of customer support, right? The fact that it can be used from anywhere, hospital, clinic, or home, and almost any EMR. Um, and then the last thing I would highlight in terms of success is, maybe it goes without saying, uh, is our accuracy or DMO's accuracy. And the engineering teams under, under John Basick have just a long history of delivering our market-leading technology with industry-best accuracy. So again, we could do a whole podcast on it. I also know Mert was a former product lead for DMO. So I think that was also a huge factor. Absolutely. I recently had the opportunity to record a podcast with Vikram Chabra about his commercialization and platform areas of responsibility. And he talked a lot about the importance of putting and keeping our customers first when it comes to product management and identifying the unmet need that we can bring to the market. So how are you tackling those unmet needs for Dragon Medical One and really working to expand the footprint and deepen the market penetration? Great question. Um, and, you know, understanding our customers' unmet needs is one of our primary objectives, of course. Um, and we have the luxury of a tremendous wealth of customer data with DMO, given our number of years in the market. So 
we mine uh, all of our quantitative class NPS in app data and also are really instilling in culture of, of sort of continuous customer interviewing and engagement um, to make sure we have that iterative feedback loop directly with our users. And so, you know, how do we use that data? We, we want to understand the unmet needs, um, but we also want to prioritize them and act on them. And so we, we were able earlier this spring to do an internal workshop uh, with 20 Nuance employees from 11 different disciplines. And astoundingly, there was collectively 155 years of Nuance experience uh, in the room, the, the remote room. Uh, and so we, we looked closely at this data and reviewed the needs and really thought about what are some future thinking solutions? Um, how do we address these challenges of driving adoption of commands, engaging low adopters, um, optimizing accuracy where it's pertinent? And so it was really a really powerful way to get glean the institutional knowledge that we have already, but also sort of tap into the customer data, the rich data, and, and talk primarily about what are those unmet needs and, and what are the highest priority ones. Will you be testing the group's ideas with customers at all? Emphatically, yes. So, so that's really our main work to be done, right? In upstream product strategy, what is the voice of the customer and getting their direct guidance on our concepts and prototypes. We really want ongoing customer feedback in our DNA. And so as a next step out of that workshop, we've been really lucky to pull together within the nurture work stream, a strong team of user experience. We have Tim Lynch from design and Catherine McKinnon from research and phenomenal product leads, um, really building out concepts and focusing on the highest priority themes that we heard in the workshop, improving command adoption and usability, and taking those directly to physician interviews. Uh, we just did a series of 10 interviews and are diving into another sprint uh, in July. So yes, that direct feedback is critical. Excellent. So what are you really laser focused on at the moment as you're charting Dragon's path for the future? Yeah, so the DMO product team, I really see it as three different tiers of work. Uh, one is almost around what you might call the backlog. Just because the product has been around so long, these are ongoing known customer needs that we, we need to escalate when they become pertinent based on customer support, feedback. So these are things like parity with our old version of the product, DMNE. Um, and so one example you'll hear often is the need for formatted auto texts. And I'm pleased to say that that is on the roadmap for fiscal year 23. Um, another sort of source of these types of, of focus areas would be around technology opportunities for improvement, something like you'll hear about jumping cursor, you know, being able to pair your power mic mobile. These are things being addressed by the teams and really require laser focus. In the second tier, though, it's really about strategic initiatives that have been prioritized by product leadership, by Jason Brode, who's our head of product. And I'll just highlight one, our laser focus in fiscal year 23 within Nurture is tied to UX, UI, overhaul. And so this is improving the user experience in terms of the function and the features, but also the user interface in terms of the face, right, of the product. And so the goal is to improve discoverability of those high impact features like commands, but also increase the usability and just sort of modernize the experience. I'll say one more thing here, which is it has the advantage of meeting two objectives where we do need to update the product to meet accessibility requirements for Microsoft, um, but also for the federal government. And so we'll be able to underpin this initiative with those 
accessibility requirements and meet that business mandate as well. And then lastly, the, the third tier, and so there are several other initiatives, of course, um, like the new architecture that's been a big focus. Um, but the last tier is really around the future. And it's interesting to say, how do you have laser focus on the future? Uh, Jason is especially strategic here. So two to three years from now, you know, what are the additional pain points that we're going to be addressing and how do we innovate within DMO? And, and these might be things like net new functionality, such as hands-free. I know Mert and I have talked about that extensively, uh, or integration with Microsoft technology, this new opportunity we have, or maybe it's a DMO DAX integration. Um, and so the reason it needs laser focus today is we have to do our user research now to validate that these are needs and prioritize where to invest our resources in order to drive innovation for 2024. Amazing. It's such an amazing program. And I just love hearing about its past and where we're going with it. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Dragon Ambient Experience, our, our DAX program. Innovation led to DAX as well. Uh, Mert, would we have DAX today if we never had Dragon? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, we established the virtual assistant idea. What we said was that, well, the virtual assistant should be a real persona and they should also listen to the encounter so that uh, the doctor uh, actually can just talk to the patient. And from that conversation alone, we can actually uh, create the document. And that was the idea of DAX. And it completely uh, uh, started and then was continuation of Dragon Medical One. Cool. That is awesome. So how do you see Dragon Medical One and DAX growing together in, in the overall clinical documentation workflow? Our vision should be, and I don't think there's any disagreement here, so I'm, I'm just going to repeat what, what I, I guess a lot of other people are saying. Our vision should be that the providers out there, any healthcare worker, uh, should be able to go talk to a patient or go uh, interact with an EHR. Whenever they want to document, they should be able to document wherever they are whether it's with explicit commands or dictation like DMO does, or whether it's from the conversation like DAX, the provider shouldn't know what's happening. It should be just magic for them. So we have to work uh, that DAX and DMO and virtual assistant are uh, built into such a fabric, ambient fabric of the hospital so that the doctors, uh, the nurses can either pick up their device or just push a button or even just uh, speak with a trigger word. And then we should we should take care of the rest. Absolutely. And finally, I'd like to ask you both, how does it feel to be part of something where you're helping thousands of doctors day in, day out? Being able to work on a product, uh, work with very smart people, work on a product and a solution that, that you know and you can see that a lot of providers use and then helps them in their daily lives, helps them take care of patients is just remarkable. It really is. It absolutely is. What about you, Jane? I had the chance to do a site visit to Concord Hospital a couple months ago, and I was personally struck how every computer monitor had our dragon bar, like in the upper right or lower left or wherever they had docked it. Um, and, and every station had a power mic at this particular hospital. And at one point I witnessed six ER providers sitting side by side, literally all holding power mics and like chatting about personal life, chatting about consulting on patients, but then intermittently, you know, pressing their power mic and documenting into the EMR. And it was just powerful to see what an essential companion our product is, right, for physicians throughout the day. And the only other thing I would articulate is also, while it affects thousands of providers, just thinking about um, how much it helps each individual physician, and I was on an interview with Dr. Darren George from CHS. 
he's a family medicine physician and, and their national EMR director. And it, would it be okay to end on a quote? He just articulated it so well. Absolutely. Um, he, uh, so he said, you know, the job of a physician is getting harder and harder. Uh, and so making this product efficient, DMO, enough that providers can go home at the end of the day is a tremendous goal. It's not about just an electronic piece, which is, you know, a means to an end. You have to remember the better you make the product to make providers efficient in what they do. That means more face time for your mom when she's sitting at her doctor's office, more time for providers to be with loved ones. And he said, I hate to get emotional, but it's true. Um, you know, your job is helping providers. Your job is lifting patients up and your job is also taking care of people. So I thought that just summed it up so well, really powerfully. That That is extremely powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Jane. I just want to say thank you both for all you do day in and day out. We we all appreciate it. And um, Jane, I can't believe it. it's only been six months. Why does it feel like you've been here forever? <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible team. <laughs> it really is. Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank you so much for being here, Jane and Mert. Thank you. Thanks for your time. A pleasure. Talk to you soon, Mert. Thanks for listening to Good Healthcare. We have a quick favor to ask you. We love making this show and we're always trying to make it better. So if you have a second, please leave a comment below. Share our podcast with your colleagues and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.